You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 102. So on Sunday um, at church, we have a women's group um, every other Sunday. And in this women's group called Relief Society, we sat down and we started to discuss um, the lesson. And the lesson happened to be about feeling guilt and mom guilt. And we started talking about it. And as you all know, I'm a huge fan and subscriber of the Dr. Laura podcast. And anytime I hear women saying that they feel guilty for something, I always think back to what she said. And what she said is, and what she says is that guilt is knowing that you are doing something immoral or illegal. And I think when you think about the context of mom guilt and how women feel guilty when we don't do things, it's kind of interesting because that's not the correct word at all. And it doesn't actually give you any sort of context to feel better or to, you know, make a change. It's just something that we kind of say. And I know in my own life, I've felt, quote unquote, guilty for a lot of things, Um, even in, you know, my weight and image, like the way I look. Sometimes if I'm not eating well, if I'm not going to the gym regularly, I can have that, that same feeling of guilt. And I was like, well, what is it really that I'm feeling if guilty is being and knowing that I'm doing something immoral or illegal? Then what am I really feeling? And I think for me, like with weight and physical appearance, if I'm not working out, um, if I don't like how my, my body is acting, looking, feeling, Um, it's not really guilt that I'm feeling. It's probably more of disappointment, um, in myself for not following through with a healthier diet or being able to make it to the gym or being able to make the gym a priority in my life or what I eat, um, making those choices better. You know, I'm probably feeling a little bit of loss of self-control or, um, I don't know, un, what am I trying to say, you guys? maybe weak, weakness, Um, especially when it comes to food and my body. I always think about the times when I was the healthiest and it's always when I've had a coach or a mentor or when I was training for something like a pageant. Um, But I think weakness is probably the word I'm searching for. And it's harder to call yourself out on something like that and to say, I'm just too weak because I think we know that it's easier to fall back on feeling guilty, you know, and it's not just for weight or image or um, health that we feel this way. It could also be in our lack of being able to take time for ourselves and true self-care and self-love. And as we were wrapping up this lesson, I shared that. And it was interesting because people wouldn't just fall back on guilt for the rest of the conversation. They actually would call out their feelings and they would say, well, I feel bad because I'm busy and I don't make time to reach out to my kids. And maybe that's why I feel mom guilt that, you know, I'm not in contact with my college age kids more. Or um, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, I feel um, too busy to play with my small children. And then that makes me feel like I'm not a good mom. See the difference versus like, oh, you know, I don't play with my little kids. I just have that mom guilt. When you really call it out, it makes you really think like, is this a feeling I I am actually in control of or am I just going to sit in this like quote unquote mask of guilt and, and blanket state, statementing 
blanket statementing. Is that a thing? That's a thing. Making the blanket statement of I feel guilty instead of trying to actually make a statement that forces you to call out exactly how you feel and exactly what you're doing so that you can make a change. A lot of times when we use the I feel guilty, um, there's no solution. We just say we feel guilty. And I'm sorry, but that's just not enough for Dr. Laura. Therefore, it's not enough for me anymore. So as I'm moving towards you know, ending this year and moving towards 2020, um, I reflect a lot on how my year went. And, and a lot of times in the past, I've looked back and thought, like, I haven't done enough. I haven't, you know, and I, I, this year I actually am just feeling grateful for all of the changes that have come and feeling grateful for the work I've put in, um, and looking at towards 2020 and saying, I want to be even more productive. And so I have partnered with Sarah Wells. We actually are um, co-founders for the Party Planner Academy. And we're basically taking our individual expertise and experience. She is very organized. She's very good at Excel spreadsheets and lists and, you know, accomplishing things in an orderly fashion. And I'm very creative and I feel like a lot of my creativity is unbridled. And working together We've been able to really set a lot of productivity focus goals because we're both moms. We're both women who are working. And you guys, if you didn't know, like creating a side hustle while you're home with little kids is tough. And it's so tough because you want to be present and you want to be mom. But I think if you're like me or like Sarah, at the end of the day, you still feel like you have something you need to create and give. That's you. That's all you, like not your kids, not the identity of being a wife or a mom, but you, the creator, the the businesswoman, the one who has dreams because you realize that eventually your kids are going to be in school for six to eight hours a day. And then what are we going to do? You know, continue to um, iron clothes and bake bread? <laughs> no, thank you. Like I, I know that um, there have been seasons of my life where I've gone into a deep depression and I have felt completely lost in motherhood and completely just unfulfilled. And, you know, it's hard because you love your kids and you're so incredibly grateful for the blessing that you were able to have children when so many people cannot. But it really is just feeling this sense of like purpose on an individual level, which is something that has helped me feel so incredibly happy. And I, you know, it's, it's a hard thing because you look at all these other people who, who seem to be balancing it all. And what I've found you guys is it's just choices. You can't necessarily have it all. If you're choosing to work and you're choosing to pursue your dreams and you're a mom and you're a wife, like you have to take time away from those other things. And I think once you decide that that's okay, And that you're happy with what you can contribute, what you can contribute, what you want to, and then you can choose to be happy with that contribution, everything changes. I'm going to say that again. You can't have it all. Like you can't be 100% mom and 100%, um, you know, bad A boss lady and 100%, you know, wife. However, you can choose to dedicate certain moments of your day and a lot different time slots to being 100% all in with those things. Granted, if you're not distracted by your phone and, and distracted by these other things, but if you can segment your time, you will not only 
get to do all the things you want to, but you'll be more productive when you do them and you'll start to have quality time for each of those things instead of juggling and having them all bleed over and just feeling like a hot mess that's exhausted all the time, which really isn't owning that you have control of your time and your day. You know, it's being a slave to the disorganization and the chaos and the lack of schedules and planning. And that really is, I think, when I operate on that level, which was very common for me. And also when I'm going through bouts of anxiety, depression, um, seasonal depression, my life is a little bit more chaotic because I'm not planning as much. And as um, Nick and I in our household, as we operate and work together, that really is my strength. If I'm not the one um, telling him to schedule and coming to him with, you know, what's going on with the kids, he's just happy to do his work and provide for our family and come home. And, you know, that's, that's where he is pretty much done. And so I know different family dynamics are different and different partners in the relationship have different things that they bring to the table. And so that's the thing that I bring. And so I'm constantly juggling, you know, my mental health and capacity to be able to deliver that. So I'm excited to announce that what we're doing is we are collaborating and rolling out a new program for 2020 that is all about setting goals and crushing goals. Because as, again, working mothers and working women, it's not enough to just think about doing something or to kind of sloppily add something in and then have to abandon it for a few months, right? We want to make sure that we are being the most productive as possible. And so if you haven't heard this acronym before, I'm going to tell you how to set better goals that you can accomplish. And so the acronym is SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And if you haven't heard this, grab a pen. It's super good. So when you're setting goals, you want them to be smart. And here's the SMART criteria. Number one, be specific. Make your goals clear and well-defined. A, you know, we are going to go on a vacation as a family in June 2020. That is a specific goal, right? Don't just say, we want to travel more. When you say, we want to travel more, it's hard to accomplish that because there's no specifics to fulfill. Next, make it measurable. Avoid any abstract notions as you should be able to tick done on the checkbox on the side of that goal, and it will make it easier for you to, to check that off and go to the next step as you accomplish those different marks. So it needs to be measurable. Again, we want to take a trip as a family in June and go on a cruise. Maybe part of that is saving $5,000, and maybe that would be, you know, we have to save, you know, $927 a month. And you know, you can check those off as you're doing that each time instead of just having this huge, unmeasurable goal that is, again, seems further away and less attainable. Make it achievable. So think of the goal as if it depends on something that you cannot affect. So make sure that you have enough time and resources, money, energy to actually achieve it. If you are working on an income of, let's say, you know, $65,000 a year, and you're saying, we want to save $30,000 this year so we can make a down payment on our house, you know, that's going to be almost half of your income. Is that actually achievable? Or should the goal be we need to find other sources of income so that we can set aside $30,000 to buy a new house? Again, I the goal doesn't matter. You just need to make sure it's achievable and that you're looking at all of the different things that play into actually obtaining and achieving your goal. 
R stands for make it relevant. Your personal goals should be relevant to your life goals and feel rewarding. If you are punishing yourself for me, like my fitness goals and weight loss goals have never been relevant. And I feel like the reason they weren't relevant was because it was a punishment. It wasn't a reward. I wasn't looking at my body as a joy and a gift. I was looking at it as a punishment and I would use dieting and weight loss to punish myself for not being or looking how I wanted. And so again, make it relevant and make it something that is rewarding for you. Okay. The last one is time to set a deadline and a time for achieving each goal and sub goal without a clear time limit. A true goal turns into a dream that you can only hope to achieve some other day. And as you know, like if you've set goals without time limits, the time does just slip away and it gets away from you. And one of the things I love about the Party Planner Academy and especially this new workshop on setting goals is going to be the accountability piece of actually having to show up and account for the things that you set out to do. I hope that if you are going um, into this month and feeling any sort of feelings of guilt or loss of productivity or shame or you just want to set goals, but you don't know how that you take the time to think about what you really want and then deconstruct those things. And then as you dedicate time into your life and your family and your kids and all of the relationships and obligations that you have, that you feel a sense of purpose and that you recognize that the way to happiness is to find it right now and to say, I'm doing the best I can. And at the end of the day, you're looking for the good that you did and feeling grateful instead of feeling guilty. Thank you so much for joining me and I cannot wait to give you more information on this program. So stay tuned. 